Welcome to Cinemaholics. Now, as all of you listeners know, we're in the height of awards season. We got new movies coming at us, Fast, Furious, and Gucci-ious. That's right. We are going to talk about uh, an extra movie today because House of Gucci is hitting theaters this coming weekend, and Will and I did have a chance to check it out, and Thanksgiving's coming up, so we want to make sure we, we review the film so that if you're hanging out over the holidays... You're having a good time with the family. Hey, maybe everybody, you know, you just had your, your turkey, your stuffing, everyone's stuffed. And you're thinking, okay, everybody, it's time to unwind over an episode of Cinemaholics. I mean, that's what my family does, Will. I don't know about yours. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're now at the wine phase. I have some younger siblings, so sometimes we, uh, for a while at least, we would avoid having wine. But I guess now we're almost all of age where we can drink, so. I didn't maybe. say, do you think I said wine? I said unwind. Oh, unwind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I but hey, that's you, too, I guess. Have some wine around an well, episode of Cinema you know, and this cheese is plate. A, this is like, you know, a big Italian movie. So I'm thinking, right. you know, all the Italian fixtures, including wine. I get where your head's at. Yeah, yeah. This is a big old Italian movie with, I think, two Italian actors in it. Or I should say uh, one Italian actor and somebody who claims to have Italian ancestry. We'll get to that. So yeah. House of well, Gucci. <laughs> wait, who are you referring to? Because I know there's that tweet from Lady Gaga where she's like, just got a DNA test. I'm 100% Italian. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's the one. Uh, she says, like, going back, she has Italian ancestry. Who's the uh, other Italian? Oh, Al Pacino. Oh, yeah, Al Pacino, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. He's like the Italian actor of uh, really the, the the film era. I mean, going all the way back to Godfather, right? Yeah, because the weird thing is that, like, I, I heard during the Irishman rollout that um robert de niro isn't quite as italian as people think he is like he is italian but like people think he's like mm-hmm. pure 100 percent italian i guess well, he's wasn't like, that the plot of goodfellas oh yeah you didn't see goodfellas huh still haven't uh, seen it no i haven't seen goodfellas no well there's an element of goodfellas that's about how his character isn't fully italian and that's why he can't be made and ah. it's a point of consternation in that movie that i i i still I mean, well, you've seen House of Gucci. You've seen Clifford sure. the Big Red Dog. Of you've course. not seen Goodfellas. Yes. <laughs> there are just well, some I things mean, I'll never understand. I've seen... It, it, don't make it seem like I like haven't seen any of it ever. I've seen at least like half of it It's not in the chunks. same. I know. Not I'm the, just saying like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen the Do I Amuse You scene and the one shot. and Yeah, but there's so much more to it. I've seen the beginning. I've seen the end of the film, actually. I've seen, you know, like a lot of memorable shots. I've seen a lot of like I've seen the laughing scene. I've seen the tracking shot in the restaurant. Uh, Yeah. Well, not speaking of movies with memorable scenes, let's talk about House of Gucci. This is a new film from Ridley Scott, his second film in the last month that's come out that's right because he made the last duel as well he, he was making the last duel like white when uh, COVID hit that interrupted production right and he was working on that film actually with adam driver and according to adam driver he approached really scott approached adam driver and said hey you know what i'm i got this other movie that i'm working on uh maybe uh after last duel we could work on this one as well and so he cast adam driver in a co-lead role of house of gucci along with lady gaga as we mentioned and I, my first question for you will before we set this thing up did you know anything about the because this is based on a true story uh, did, did you know anything about this like this true story which involves a lot of stuff that i don't want to necessarily give away even though the trailer kind of gives away kind of what this movie really is um i i mean i did see the trailer um i didn't fully know the story here like i had a, an idea given like the way people were talking about the story. 
and how like you know there is a um a sense that like things were going to turn out well for this uh tumultuous couple mm. so i mean by the time the first scene started to play out i was like i think i have an idea where this is gonna go and that's basically where it went but um i didn't have like a full no knowledge of uh where it was going when i went into the film see i i had no idea like I had never really like I know what Gucci is who doesn't, but I had no idea about this because we'll, we can say at least that it's a crime drama, and it's a biographical crime drama. And even with that opening scene, because I didn't see the trailer, I didn't know who these people were. I, I was just like, okay, it's a movie called House of Gucci. Ridley Scott directed it, and people hope that it wins awards. Okay, I genuinely had no idea that like what this movie was leading up to. Uh, maybe because I've just you know. I'm just so optimistic, I guess. I was just like, oh man, you know, <laughs> like opening scene. I'm just like, how fun, you know, somebody, somebody knows who this person is, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, yeah, Adam Driver stars in this movie as Maurizio Gucci, who is the heir to the Gucci family fortune. Now, at this point in the movie, this is another thing I, I didn't know if this was going to be about like, okay, how did Gucci become like a, the big luxury fashion house that it is? Uh, not really. It's it's about the guy who's like, I think he's the great grandson or grandson or whatever of uh, the P or maybe, I don't know. It's unclear to me when the Gucci story really happens. I guess they kind of touch about touch on it in the movie, but basically they're like they get all their fortune from leather handbags. Am I, I, I honestly, well, I have nothing. I don't know fashion at all. Um, I am no fashion expert, no, uh, fashion. To, uh, my hopes but, dashed again, but you know, I'm still fairly young, I guess maybe that'll change in the years to come. <laughs> yeah. Well, never say never. Yeah. So <laughs> Maurizio Gucci, uh, his dad is played by Jeremy Irons and he he's kind of like uh you know we we kind of mentioned al pacino earlier right and he's in this movie as well as his uncle but adam driver in this movie kind of reminds me a little bit of like michael corleone you know in the beginning of the godfather he's kind of the mild-mannered a little innocent a little bit like yeah you know the gucci's like i don't want any part of that yeah. like he's he's kind of he talks down about his family he's like they're cutthroat i don't, I don't know about all that stuff now Along the Oddly way. humble almost, Steven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's humble. He's modest. He just wants to be a lawyer in the beginning of the film. Yeah. Right? He's, yeah, he's just like, yeah, you know what? I, I, that's just a name. I'm a guy. Yeah. 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 Hope that's Gucci with all y'all. But he comes across a young woman, a socialite in Milan. This is Milan around the late 70s. And she, I think late 70s, sometime in that decade. She's like immediately attracted to him, although it's kind of unclear why she is Patrizio Reggiani, played by Lady Gaga, and she immediately just starts pursuing him quite relentlessly. And this is a very confusing part of the movie for me, Will, because I, had, I didn't know what to make of it necessarily, because he's kind of like, I don't know, ob oblivious to it, or he's just kind of like, I, I was wondering, is is does he not like her like that? Is he wary of her? Uh, I, I I don't know. Maybe I was reading too much and all that stuff. Um, For me personally, I thought the first act was some of the strongest stuff because I bought into those early moments of like how she's just like trying almost relentlessly to get this man to, uh, you know, see her affections, all this stuff. And he just seems to be so kind of straight laced and awkward and socially inept that he just doesn't really like. I think he has an idea, but he doesn't really know how to pursue it. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I bought that. 
those segments at least. Yeah, like there's a moment where he's like, "You want to go on a date with me?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and that's when it kind of clicked into place for me, at least. But yeah, yeah I, you know, I kind of agree with you. I kind of I like the first part of this movie quite a bit. I mean, I was kind of feeling like, when when does is, is the movie going to start though? Like, I, I was kind of feeling like, what is this movie though? Is is it about their romance? Because I got the hint that it's a long movie, and it's supposed to be about his sort of rise, you know, as the the Gucci you know, empire rises along with him. But really, we, we start off with this plot where his father disapproves because of, of their relationship, because he thinks, you know what, she just she just wants your money, dude. Like she's she's in it for that. She doesn't really love you. And he cuts off Adam Driver's character, Maurizio. And despite that, uh, Patricia stays with him and the movie's kind of sympathetic to their their plight as a young couple that have been cut off and they're they're together they seem to be really happy but then uh, their uncle uh, played by Al Pacino who is of course another member of the Gucci dynasty one of the I think like really the one who really controls it he he kind of like you know sparks a little bit of a, a friendship with his uh, new family and Patricia, she starts to slowly change. And so does Maurizio as they sort of see a path to kind of reclaiming Gucci for their own. This puts them of course, in a bit of a game of Thrones situation where they're politicking and, and sparring and trying to, to cut ahead of other people in this family, including a character played by Jared Leto, who I genuinely will ask. And I, 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 I didn't know that Jared Leto was in this movie. I didn't know that was him. Oh, really? I, oh, I, I didn't, those. I didn't oh, know. I'm telling oh, you, I don't watch these trailers. I'm not paying attention. <laughs> I'm just watching these things super fresh. I, yeah. I saw the like behind the scenes photos and stuff leading up to the film. Mm-hmm. Like I remember see, like it, it took me aback at first when I saw like a, um, uh, set photo. And for a second I was like, did they cast Jeffrey Tambor to be in this movie? Like that's kind of a shocking decision. I and wasn't instead thinking of casting, Tambor. Okay. Uh, instead of casting somebody who has been canceled, they cast someone who I imagine will be canceled in the next few years, but we'll yeah, see who has, who's weirdly hasn't been yet. He's been hanging in there, you know? I mean, I think the suicide squad thing surprisingly did not, I think, you know, that they gave him some trouble at least, uh, some of his behavior uh, with that movie. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering if he does get awards consideration for this film, if that might get the ball rolling on that stuff, mm. but that's not for me to speculate. <laughs> I, I think his role here, I, I'm going to say, I think this is one of those situations where I think he's going to get a nomination for not just an Oscar, but a Razzie at the same time. It's kind of that level, but a Glenn close for yeah, the uh, next Glenn close. <laughs> oh, Billy elegy. And I think uh, this performance, I'm so torn on it because again, I didn't, I was like, who is this guy? Like what? It, what? And when the end credits come up and I see his name, I'm just like, "What did they do to him to make him look like this completely different person?" And I was just kind of thinking though during the movie, like, why did they cast somebody who's so bad at an Italian accent or who's playing it up so much? And I've been thinking about it like since, and I'm kind of thinking like there there are three main actors in this movie in terms of the spectrum of Italianness. Um, You kind of have Lady Gaga like right in the middle. I think she's playing it just right. She's got a little bit of the camp and a little bit of the seriousness so that I'm I'm always engaged with her. You have Adam Driver on one side, though, where he's just kind of like he's not an Italian actor, but that's that's fine. You know, if he can he can can play an Italian, whatever. But um, yeah, if he does it well, he does it well. 
I think he's like woefully miscast here though. I, I think he's doing something here that it's like so inert that I had absolutely no reaction to anything. Like I didn't understand um, his character. I didn't know his character. I, I guess disagree. that was the point, but I, I, I totally like his, his progression in this movie makes no sense to me. I think it's because he, Oh, it makes sense to me for sure. His inner voice in this movie just didn't translate. And then you have Jared Leto on the other side of the spectrum where he's sure. just like, boom, like blasting, like throwing spaghetti mode. at the audience. What? He's in Wario mode. <laughs> he's Wario. He's Waluigi. He's something yeah, else. Yeah, he's in Waluigi mode. Uh, oh yeah. boy. Um, but yeah, uh, you were you you wanted to get into the Adam Driver part, but yeah, why, why don't you yes. just tell? Like, what do you think of the Adam? The whole thing. What's what's your review of this movie? Sure. Well, I mean, to answer your first question, Adam Driver. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if he's Italian or not. I don't want to assume. He's but, not. Okay. But um, I think as far as like what the, how they're portraying the character, um, especially as we've seen in recent years, I think he is really tackling a sort of like a skewed masculine character in his films, and his performances that I find really fascinating. Like we see like Marriage Story or like the recent Star Wars movies or most notably like his longstanding role on Girls where he plays these sort of guys who like are almost sort of barely holding it all together oftentimes, or like they like kind of like they feel like this sort of like pent up rage and aggression often don't know how or why or like what's going on. Like Annette also tackles that a lot, but I feel like this new phase for him is kind of interesting where it's like, he's kind of, you know, bringing it back a little bit. He's playing a guy who is like still kind of awkward insecure about himself but yeah, like he's, in a he's more... back in um patterson mode right now right yeah patterson's a good example uh and patterson's kind of an outliner i feel like for him in terms of his performances but i guess very don't one. die yeah. his other movie with jim jarmish was kind of sure edging close to that but not quite right but i feel like people kind of see him as like a kylo ren in most of his, his performance not they say they doesn't have range but that he kind of plays that type of guy a lot of things um like either a guy who's like on the verge of exploding or like kind of feels like he's just like two notches away from just like throwing a chair or something like that um yeah it, he's a very intense and interesting actor i don't know if i if i was an actor i don't know if i'd want to work with him but i imagine i would just because he he seems to really commit to it and have a lot of uh i don't know i mean clearly he reunites with a lot of his past collaborators so that probably speaks highly of him but um, yeah, for this performance, I, I thought it was a nice kind of change of pace to see him play a sort of button-down, straight-laced, erotic, but uh, at the same time, like, goal-oriented guy who seems to, like, not have it all together, but, like, he knows what he really wants in life. He seems to kind of go for it, but, like, at the same time, he's feeble enough that uh, his Lady Macbeth in this scenario can kind of bend him at his will, but then when he does get enough power, enough influence, he can realize that he's like, oh, I don't you know, I don't really need this lady. I, 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 I'm going to own up to being a Gucci. I'm going to kind of fall into my bloodline here and, and accept it. And I, I thought that was a pretty interesting and compelling character. I think there's room in the second half to kind of develop that further. And I guess the movie just doesn't have enough time, whether they spent it uh, poorly at the beginning of the film or what have you. I just feel like the there's some stuff in the second and third act that felt a bit rushed to me, especially with his character, uh, especially when the movie kind of like fumbles at trying to make him the main character of the piece in addition to Lady Gaga. I felt like that wasn't quite handled uh, successfully all the time, but 
But no, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm pro his performance in this film. That's my long roundabout way of saying that. I, I'm, I'm not saying that I dislike him. Like, I think he's doing a better job than the role is asking of him. For me, it really comes down to the writing and the direction. I think he's being directed in a way that just isn't that satisfying. And I guess like, for me, it's like, it's more of like they're missing scenes or something. Like a, a majority right. of his scenes would probably work, but there are just way too many missing ingredients that just make his character make no sense to me. He, the mystique is overwhelming. Like this movie is sort of missing that that one, I think that pivotal moment in the first Godfather where Michael Corleone is like uh, doing lighter and you can t- he realizes that he's calm under pressure. He realizes that he could be the boss and this is what he wants. This movie has nothing really like that, at least I noticed on first viewing. He just sort of turns on a dime almost. And my my main thing with this movie, first of all, I think it's way too long, like two and a half hours. You cut this thing by at least 45 minutes. I think you have something much closer to watchable for a lot of people. I get some people are liking this, but I, I think it's just garbage. I think this movie is awful i i I think it's ugly i think it's garish i i think that the cinematography is so uninspired i i I was this movie's just dull as dirt and it's bizarre because it's about gucci you know like there's scenes that are trying to be visually appealing and they're trying to have really good production design but there's just nothing to it it's like lifeless don't you think the garishness is sort of the point, though? Like these are you can do it of... in an interesting way. Like you could do it in a flamboyant way, but the garishness sure. in this is just like generic. That's not really Ridley's style, though. Like I don't think that's what he's going for. Like he's not going for like a Wolf of Wall Street. He's going for something a little uh, bit more. He temporary. probably should be, since I mean, Jordan Belfort kind of has like a similar through line with these characters. If we're being honest, sure. I mean, I'm certainly more positive than you. I'm not like through the roof positive on the film, but I had a pretty good time with it. I don't I think there are moments where it can get a bit dull just because I think Ridley Scott, uh, I think there are some scenes they felt pretty inspired by and other scenes where he just kind of just like, yeah, we're just we'll shoot this and we got it. Um, For me, it feels like there's a longer director's cut that feels like it's going to be coming out in like five years or so. Oh, I reject that so much. Please sure. no more of this. <laughs> I, I imagine that's what's going to kind of uh, explain some of the things that, that seem missing here. Like for instance, like there's a scene towards the beginning, like we like we mentioned, um, where leading up to that scene, they uh, established that clearly Patricia is after, uh, Mar- is it Patricio or Mauricio? Mauricio. Maurizio, uh, for his wealth or because of his name, not like, I mean, that, that's not like the only thing that she likes about him, but that's kind of the catalyst for why she gets in a relationship with him and they form a relationship. They do fall in love, but it's also, you know, it, it's in love, but it's also money. And uh, there comes a point where Maurizio has to choose between love or his family and he chooses love. And I think that makes sense. But I feel like there's a scene missing where it's like Patricia kind of is like, oh, do I really want to like, like now my love is to the test. Like I need to like question myself if I, if this is what I really want. And I feel like that scene was missing from the film that would have explained yeah. more. They play it kind of coy. It's like, they kind of want to leave it up to the audience. Like, well, what do you think? Do you think she was, did she really love him? And it's just like, well, you know, you're a movie. You're supposed to kind of have a point of view on it. Yeah. That's, I, I think that would be my big thing is that like, I think ostensibly 
Patricia is the main character of the film. But the movie kind of like loses its focus and kind of like shifts between making her the lead. And then it's like, then Adam Driver's like a co-lead. And then uh, Palio, uh, Jared Leto's character kind of like becomes like the third lead at times. It's like, I don't think they quite find that balance. And even like Al Pacino kind of gets like a lot of scenes here as well. Uh, and I, I don't, like I said, I don't think that balance is quite skillfully captured. But at the same time, like, you know, you were talking about Last Duel, and I feel like that's a movie where Ridley Scott has been on record being like, I did, this is a story that takes place in France, but I didn't want anyone doing French accents. So it would have been distracting and weird. And I think that is because <laughs> the story itself. I just think that's funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's very bizarre to me that he he said that about that film, then went, went ahead and yeah. made House of Gucci. Then he's like, but, Jared, just do it. Just go for it. Right. That's why I kind of wonder here is that like, so he goes and does house or last duel and you know, he's just like Matt Damon, don't you dare get that French accent out. You, you speak like the American you are. And it's like, same goes for you. Uh, Adam driver. It even gives uh, him a mullet. So Matt Damon doesn't forget. Right. And Ben, you can kind of do whatever you want. You're you, you, you do you, but yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, he's just like, yeah, you, you guys play it straight, which I think makes sense. Cause I think that's a story. that's so, formulas in its approach it's like trying to say something that's very serious and be very heady and thoughtful about it and for me this is obviously like meant to be a lark like this is him kind of making a morose dark comedy and he just kind of like yeah like these are garish off the wall kind of vapid vain people and we should you know it's weird to me that the movie is better when it's not trying to be empathetic like it's acknowledging that these people are callous and even sometimes kind of soulless and I think that's why I find very appealing and charming about the film. But at the same time, I also think that comedy was never quite Ridley Scott's strong suit. I think the actors bring a lot of laughs, at least for me. I, I definitely got some some solid chuckles out of this film. But I, I do agree that his style doesn't quite lend itself to comedy quite so well. There is kind of like that at times, and I hate to make this comparison, but there is sort of like that Ryan Murphy type thing where like, he kind of like just relies on his actors to kind of like be flamboyant and just kind of point the camera and shoot. And I feel like, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to say that's exactly what happened here, but at times just kind of feels just like he didn't know how to rein in Jared Leto. And he's just kind of like, well, I'll just, I'll just let him kind of do his thing and figure it out in post, I guess. Cause I don't, he's just kind of doing his thing. And then, you know, everyone in terms of the accents are like way all over the place. Lady Gaga is like mostly kind of playing straight. Like she clearly had a vocal co- coach and all that. Um, driver is kind of doing like uh, he's speaking like himself, but he has a little bit of an accent at the end of a sum of words. And then yeah, he um, almost forgets it for part of it. And then he adds like a right. little bit of it at the very end. like, Bleh, you know, just to kind of. Yeah. I'm Adam Driver. Uh. <laughs> I'm Adam Driver. <laughs> you know. But, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. look, this, this movie is confounding to me. And one thing we didn't mention here is that it's based on a book called The House of Gucci, a, sensation, a Sensational Story of Murder, Madness, Glamour, and Greed by Sarah Gay Forden. And knowing that, that like Ridley Scott has this source material, you know, he has a screenplay by Becky Johnston and Roberto Ben Viega. And these people are kind of like handing him, just to me, a layup. I think that Scott had a chance here to make a film that could really accomplish something that Scorsese does really well. And I, I had that th- that exact feeling coming out of this movie being like, I wish 
Martin Scorsese had been the one who had directed this movie because I think that he is just so much better at taking this sort of like crime drama that can have some dull material in it that you sort of need to fill in the blanks in between the more interesting set pieces. But I think he's so much better at like laying all of that stuff out in a very interesting way. I can imagine the Scorsese version of this film that like actually shows us the Gucci dynasty, you know, like the movie never really gives us a real insight into like what it's like in late seventies. It kind of relies on you knowing. And I understand for some people they'll be like, yeah, I already know all that stuff. But I mean, I didn't. And I feel like, Plenty of people don't, and you could even like uh, add some fine details to it, like have a scene that's just like really establishing where Maurizio's fortune really comes from. And like, I don't know if you do it through voiceover, if you do it, do it through something that kind of just sets the stakes a little bit. It doesn't have to be the first scene necessarily, but that sort of thing I think could have gone such a long way and it could have really just, I don't know, given this movie some atmosphere and a tone and a, something consistent to go off of. Uh, I guess I'm going to disagree because I like that the movie basically keeps it focused to the family itself and makes it seem like this is just like a family business that that almost got successful by happenstance just because like they're so kind of scattershot and ego driven and all this stuff that I I like that it keeps it centralized to only about five or six players for the most part. Um, I, I don't think I think that would just be extra padding in a film that's already pretty long. See, I think you can do that in service to the story about the characters. You can because like otherwise we just get to know these characters and there's just a lot of like weird question marks around them. Like what motivates them? What's really at stake here, especially for them in the family business? I don't know. I'm not saying that the whole movie is about Gucci, the brand, but the fact that it's just like so I don't know, it's just so coy about that inclusion of what that really means in the world. I, I just think it's odd. I don't know. I thought their motivations all made a decent bit of sense. Um, they made sense, but they're generic. They're just like, okay, they want money. Sure, they for, are generic. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, you needed some flavor to it. It's like, why? Like, why do they want this? Like, what, what is it well, really in it for them? The flavor is coming from the performances. then I think that's where the, kind <laughs> then of the performances are Jared Leto just being like, st- nonsense and then the uncle just kind of being like old-fashioned and i don't know i think the performances can only do so much i think they needed a little help with the writing yeah i guess so i mean i i do kind of wonder if ridley scott had a stronger hand in uh, guiding the performances to be more consistent what the film would be like but i feel like it would be a dollar film like i think that he like i i think when i watch the film like Al Pacino, I really like this phase in his career right now where he's just kind of playing like these eccentric side characters like he did in The Irishman. He saves the film for me. I don't know. I don't know if I could have gotten through the whole thing. And he comes in like and just like carries some of the load off of Lady Gaga's back a little bit. Right. But I think like I think Lady Gaga is pretty good. I think Adam Driver is good. I think Al Pacino is good. I think Jeremy Irons is fine. And I think Jared Leto is a question mark. I don't quite know what the make yeah, of his performance. Yeah, he's the wild card. Yeah. Right. Um, can, can I give a yeah. scene, though, that kind of just like outlines at least my frustration so that just it makes sense to anybody who might like, for example, there's a, a whole scene in here where you have Paolo played by Jared Leto, who goes over to Jeremy Irons character's house because he's feeling like Maurizio is spending all of his time with his uncle. He, he feels like he's getting pushed out. Okay. That makes sense. He, he himself is like a designer. He wants his own line of like clothing and everything in fashion to be respected and to be picked up. And he thinks that if he goes to 
the other Gucci, the other Gucci brother, the brother of his dad, then, you know, maybe Jeremy Irons character, I, I don't remember their names. I think it's Rodolfo. I think he's thinking maybe, you know, he'll, he'll see in me what my father doesn't see in me. It's like a 10 minute scene. It feels like, and it doesn't scene, need though. to be. No, sure. it's a terrible scene. I like it. It, I like it, it draws out the part that's good because no, like there's a good about? part in it where you have Rodolfo just kind of like really, you know, just destroying Paolo from the inside out. Yeah, but he's stringing him along for a long time. And you, Too even for a second, long. you're kind of just like, no, I think that's intentional because he's dragging him along, uh, kind of being like, like you get in Paolo's head for a moment. You're kind of like, okay, maybe someone finally believes me. Maybe there's actually some hope for it. And then he says like one kind of comment. It's like, huh. That but it keeps going and going odd. and it's it's in a very boring room where it's just like okay you're just sure. in a dining room. like there's nothing interesting to it there's no energy to it it's like they're sitting around a room and it's just jeremy yeah. Irons like walking around he looks at a bunch of photos like there's just no verve to it like a scene like that you play the scene just right you have a big moment you have like a wow this is the part this is a set piece instead it just feels like a drawn out weird conversation that like has a punchline but it's like it takes us so long to get to that that i'm like why am i sitting through this like sure cut 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 like do something uh, i think that seems very intentional and i didn't mind it but I, I can agree with you that look ridley scott is 83 years old like i don't think he's gonna he, he's no spring chicken i don't think he's gonna bring the energy of some of his younger more enthused peers but he but does I in don't- the last duel Yes and no. I think it, it kind of has some moments where it kind of it gets a bit dull. But uh, very, I think very few better. and far between, though. I, I sure, thought. but I don't think the I don't think that movie is like you can tell they're both Ridley Scott movies. I think you know, and I like both of them. I like I think certainly the last duel was better. I I genuinely disagree. I I think House of Gucci to me feels like it was directed by like somebody who just was hired like off the lot or something like i don't see any direct Disagree. i don't see any auteur any sort well, of no, like vision tour, any, well i, I don't see his, i don't see yeah, scott I in it i saw scott in the last duel a hundred percent i see i saw scott even in something like all the money in the world which also felt a little bit generic at times and this is probably I just don't the easiest comparison to that i haven't seen all the money in the world i i imagine all the money in the world is from what i've seen from the trailer the movie you're kind of making this out to be but I haven't seen it, so I can't speculate. Uh, it's. I think it's slightly better. You know, like I wouldn't watch it again. But it to me, right? I don't know. There were some interesting stylistic flourishes in the movie that I I thought was you know. But yeah, it's not a very memorable one. Yeah, I guess where I'm coming from though is that I don't dismiss your criticisms. I actually agree with several of them, and I I don't necessarily. I wouldn't go to bat and say like this is an outright good film, but I had a good time watching it, and I don't think. That was incidental. Like, I, I think either just because Ridley Scott is a veteran filmmaker who can kind of follow the money in this case and, and produce something that I find fairly amusing, or it's just because he trusts his actors enough to kind of go wild, either for the better or detriment of the film. It, I don't know, I, I think it almost works in spite of itself in this weird way. Like, I, I, I can see on paper why you feel this way and why you have these criticisms, but in execution, I think the fact that he's so willing to be. Uh, brutish and unreserved and how much he like just kind of like feels spiteful about these people that could have been disastrous but i feel like in this case because these characters are so detached from reality and callous and self you know self-centered and eccentric already i think it works in this kind of uh poor man's lady Macbeth sort of scenario 
Yeah, I, I, I wish I, I, like, ironically, I speak, I should yeah. say, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I, I had liked this or enjoyed myself during this. I, I was just miserable during the movie. I, I thought it was drier than a communion cracker and I, I don't get it. I, I'm missing something, I guess. But yeah, while I was watching this, I, it was especially clear to me that this wasn't for me. Like when I was watching the trailer for the first time after the movie, I was like, where's this movie? <laughs> Like, I want this, like, like whoever edited that trailer, I think like understood at least better of like what the angle of this story is and like how it can feel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Understand the assignment, (laughs) but no, like that trailer had just so much life to it. And I felt like I was like, oh, wow, I'm bought into this story. I could see why people were like getting excited for this movie. But yeah, when I think back on the movie that I saw, I I definitely just did not get that same feeling. Just me personally. I, I was just like. This is like yep. so long and so like, I don't know. I don't want to say full of itself, but I don't know if it was full of anything. Sure. So yeah, it's not a recommend for me, but uh, glad glad you you didn't totally hate it or anything. It sounds like you're, you're just kind of mixed. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I had a fun time. Um, I'm sorry you didn't, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think my criticisms near yours towards the second half of the film when the, the movie kind of feels like it needs to pick up and it feels a little bit sloppy in that respect. Uh, and I felt like the last, like, like what should have been kind of the, the driving force of the second half of the film feels like it's reduced to the last like 15 or 20 minutes. And I felt like those scenes should have had more energy or passion to them. They felt weirdly sort of perfunctory. Right. And that, well, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think to that point, I think that like, this whole thing revolves around a, a single moment and there's no resolution to it really. Like there's not a lot of it anyway. And it just, the movie just kind of ends. And there were a few things that just really were missing for me. I, I didn't understand what really motivated this person to do this thing because it is so drastic. Like I, I just, I right. think in general, like um, Maurizio and Patricia, like they're, they're heel turns like in the second and third acts, pun intended, I guess. I think it just didn't work for me. They, I just thought that they were kind of drastic. They weren't properly mm-hmm. set up. And I think the way they were executed, I just thought they were kind of abrupt and I, I didn't buy into it. Sure. Yeah. And, and there's a lot with Selma Hayek's character that I felt wasn't fully explained or like was kind of left uh, on the editing room floor or something. Cause yeah. like, I, it was close. I feel like they were missing like one scene to like show her getting closer to patricia there is a little right. bit of like a cut from like her them kind of meeting every who knows every once in a while to suddenly they're their best gals right yeah it just it was weird like i don't know it just felt like something was one or two scenes were missing from that relationship in a way they felt was pretty detrimental to the film but um for me i guess when i think back in the film there's one scene where i was enjoying the film but the one scene that really made the movie click for me is when they go to Al Pacino's like vacation house and you see like this gorgeous Vista of fine vintage Italian homes. And you just see like these like weirdly burly guys all suited up and just like dog piling and wrestling in this yard while like this, like, you know, like this classical Italian scenery and music and all this stuff is going around. And it's just like, okay, in that moment, you got the tone exactly right. Like, I think if the movie had kept that throughout, this would be an amazing film. But I feel like that scene kind of encapsulated what the movie should be and sometimes is, but isn't consistently. And so that's why I feel like the movie is a bit of a misbag. But uh, by and large, even though it is, you know, not without its very glaring faults, I, I did enjoy it and get a decent bit out of it. And I'm sorry that wasn't the case yeah. for you. 
well, hey, you know what? Even though we disagree on the details or some of the details, I think we can agree that there is a better film in here. Um, I guess the degree to which is different. I think there's a much, much better film hiding somewhere in this thing. I don't think a director's cut would necessarily fix it, at least in the sense like adding more to it, I don't think would solve the problem for me, at least. I think a shorter version would. But uh, that might just be me. But uh, how do you think this movie's going to do box office wise? It has a high budget. Have you seen its budget? No, but I figured the budget was pretty high. Oh, yeah. Seventy five million dollars. Oh, that's less than I anticipated. To be honest. Really? That sounds about that sounds about right. For this kind For of this movie, to, this yeah. movie like this should be like 40. Considering what they probably plan to, oh, we're to make talking, off of it, right? We're talking modern day estimates, though. Like, I feel like even movies that I would think cost like, for instance, I thought King Richard cost like 35 million. It cost like 50 million to make. And I'm just like, how is mm. that possible? Like, I think you know what I mean? CG probably. I guess. I don't know. I just feel like every movie now has like, is $25 million more than I would anticipate or more. Even I guess it does sometimes. have to do with the actors, you know, Will Smith's expensive. And I think in this movie, uh, I guess they're expecting Lady Gaga to be a huge, huge draw. I mean, a much bigger draw than any of the other actors. People will see this just because she's in it. Stars born, was kind of the same way, wasn't it? And by the way, I'll say, like, Lady Gaga, she's two for two in terms of acting. <laughs> like, she Oh, yeah, she's great in uh, Star is Born. I think she's she get, she knows what she's doing in this film, for sure. I'm surprised she's not. I mean, I, I'm glad she's being picky, at, you know, even though this movie, I think, is terrible. But I think that uh, it's not her fault. And uh, I'm glad that she's picking roles that are kind of juicy. You know, she's not going for the, the right. easy stuff. I mean, I don't think it's a secret to say that she kind of mirrors her careers. It mirrors the career of uh, Madonna in some respects. And now she's kind of doing her film arc. And I feel like at least for the time being, it seems like her film career is going a little bit more successfully than Madonna's did uh, on the onset. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Never say never. Um, But yeah. So I don't know. Do you think this thing's going to make like if if it's a $75 million budget, this thing's got to make like 200 million at least worldwide. Yeah. You think I don't that's know, man. Possible? I think it is. It's coming out around Thanksgiving. I am talking to people who are excited about this thing. I mean, you know, okay. I, I have a small civilian view. Yeah, like I'm talking like normal people. Okay, we're just seeing this and are like, oh, I heard, I saw the trailer for that. That looks amazing. I've yet to encounter a single person who even knows what this movie is. I mean, yeah, when I talk about movies with people, they're like, what's coming out? And I'll mention House of Gucci and be like, oh, yeah, I saw the trailer. Like, to be I'll, fair, I, I, yeah, no, no yeah. one I know is really talking about movies right now. They're all talking. About, I mean, some of them are talking about Encanto, but most of them are talking about like TV stuff. Like, OK, I'm not hearing know. anybody talk about Encanto, to be fair. Oh, I I think uh, th- that has more to do with like the Puerto Rican, you know, like okay, we got we got a Spanish Disney movie coming. Like, get, get the kids together. Yeah. Let's, let's do this thing. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't be talking about. It. I just I haven't heard a lot of, of course about of it in my circles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if Encanto is going to be the big movie in Pittsburgh, but uh, yeah, no, I think. Um, I look. I, I when was the last time like a movie kind of like of this sort of scale and scope made that much money? I guess that's what I'm kind of struggling. I mean, during the pandemic, Probably it's been so Wall weird. Street. You think? I don't Maybe. remember how much that money that movie made. Uh, it made, it was a big hit um hmm. yeah i guess i'm worried for it just or not worried for it but i guess i'm like kind of i have low expectations considering like how last duel went over but i guess this movie has yeah. way more appeal like mainstream appeal than a movie like the last uh, duel you think i mean mgm is definitely doing more to market and get the word out about this movie i think yeah. the main fault of last duel 
it's a hard movie to market last duel especially compared to house gucci and disney didn't really try yeah that's the thing though I, I just think disney wasn't really interested or caring enough to want to promote or advertise that movie properly the fact they dumped in october with little to no fanfare right and also they, seems to suggest that i yeah. think i think they have other movies under searchlight that they're you know pushing a little bit more strongly which i yeah, exactly I, yeah i think is a shame because i think the last duel is much better than this film but i think I it agree. could come down to the last duel not getting hardly any awards consideration whatsoever because this Almost is going to yeah. be the ridley scott film that they push yes but well different you know, studios but yeah i mean i think right uh well i think, I, I think studios yeah. make those decisions though based on certain things like that right like they understand sure. how much goes into the talent and the directors like being behind the marketing push. And like a lot of it is like, if you're going to up for best director, like hyping up one certain film and doing all the press tour, doing all the red carpet stuff. Like it is, a, it is a decision, even if it's different studios. Yeah. I mean, I get it also. Like, even though last duel is a better film, I think it's hard to argue. Otherwise, um, if you were to like, just like, you know, casually just be like hey what would you rather watch last duel or house of gucci and you describe the plot of both films there's a better than decent chance they're going to be like oh yeah we'll just watch house of gucci like right the other one sounds intense last duel is intense it has a lot yeah. of sexual assault yeah. in it and then it's a, yeah. i think that's a big reason why people didn't bother to see it they were like i don't want to watch something like that i want to watch and you know, people love crime <laughs> movies they love crime shows they love true crime like this movie i guess this movie does kind of sell on that sort of aspect so yeah yeah all right. Well, I guess we can play our little game that we love. Now we can't do cinema score for this because it isn't out yet. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm sure it'll have a cinema score at some point. I'm not sure, but I assume because I, th- I think it is getting wide release. But okay. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no way they wouldn't considering the budget. But okay. Yeah. Unless it was like Netflix or something. Yeah. Yeah. True. 127 reviews have been counted on Rotten Tomatoes so far. So. F- Critical RT score. What do you what do you think? Where do you think this is landing? Um so I'll admit that I did see briefly the other day I saw the like this like a quick glance at the score. Okay. I imagine by now it has changed because this movie I, I imagine the reviews are all over the place. A lot of the reviews I have seen like are all over the place. Uh and you know, I've only seen a small selection. Your of review them, is all but, over the place. I edited it. I remember. Yeah, yeah I know, yeah. I loved it. And I'll I'll, uh, I'll read your review and watch your video and see uh, how all over the place you are, if you are. Um, but I imagine right now the Rotten Tomato score for House of Gucci is like something like 65%. You're only one off, 66%. And you know what? It's okay because even before the RT score came out, you you and I were talking about it. You're like, okay, where is this thing going to land? And I was I was wrong. Because I was like, I don't know. Well, I think this thing's going to be in the 40s. And you were like, no, yeah, I think it's going to be in the 60s. And once again, you pre- this is why you play the game. You have a better sure. shot than I do. That's for sure. <laughs> so it's 66%. Yeah. I, I'm shocked. Like, I, I genuinely don't understand. Like, I know. But like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get what people are seeing in this movie that is making them like it more than, uh, I guess, where we're at. I mean, not everybody's liking it, clearly. But anyway. Uh, to me, it, it, I think people are giving the movie the benefit of the doubt, even if they don't love the movie. Like I, like you know, I don't love the movie either. But like, I think people are like, it's Ridley Scott. It's it's amusing enough. Like, it, I don't think people are like, unless someone has really strong feelings. Like, I imagine most critics will 
skew more positive than negative overall, at least at the time being. Maybe over time, they'll skew more negative. Well, I see here. I, kind of, I Hey, look, I scrolled down to see kind of like, all right, well, where are we at? Kimber Myers, she's at the top of the marquee with her review for Crooked Marquee. And she oh, gave wow. it a positive rating, a B. So, nice. you know, hey, look, if Kimber Myers and Will Ashton say so, then who am I to yeah. question? Yeah. Um, <laughs> We should right. get her back on the show at some point. I yeah, we should have had her on to... for this. Why, why didn't yeah. we? Was, why did you decide uh, not to invite? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, audience score. 50 plus verified ratings. That's more than I expected for a movie that's not out yet. But uh, yeah, that's weird. Um, this one's going to be trickier. Uh, I would imagine that the score is probably right now at like 78%. 90 percent yeah 90 tricky's right. right well look i mean we shouldn't put much stock into that quite yet 50 plus verified ratings is not a lot and it could it that's probably gonna be all over the place but yeah interesting where it's starting and that's all we have for house of gucci i think it's pretty clear where we stand on the film it's 157 minutes long so if you do check it out I guess uh, stay hydrated, but you may need a bathroom break. Uh, in my opinion, there are plenty of times during this movie where I think you could go to the bathroom and not miss anything. But I don't sure. know if you would agree with that. Um, um, well, there's a moment where one character does go to the bathroom in a fairly dramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can uh, mirror him and uh, have a 4D experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. I, I was going to mention that uh, at least one person has said that they were disappointed by the film. That person being one of the real life Gucci's. Uh, I think the uh, the daughter oh, really? of um, I think I think a cousin or some someone related to Maurizio, but not not like a descendant. Um, yeah, but yeah, they said they were disappointed yeah. and they thought that it was just like profit driven, something along that those sure. lines. Sure, I don't think this is a movie though that's trying to win the favors of the Gucci family. I think that's oh, fair yeah. to say. <laughs> I think it's amazing that like out of this scandal, which I I genuinely did not know about. I can't believe like Gucci has gone on to sort of just really continue to thrive unscathed, right? Like, I well, guess maybe in, maybe uh, because of it, maybe because all the the stuff this stuff is just like, man, Gucci's. I like Gucci. That's like a a blood red kind of brand. Yeah, well, they. I mean, in the movie, they suggest that like Tom Ford and a few other folks like kind True, of yeah. kept the brand alive and gave it like a new uh, reinvention for the new uh, millennium and all that. So. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. Well, that's House of Gucci. You can check it out for yourself in theaters starting November 24th, at least here in North America. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.